Welcome to the Life Over Coffee podcast. I am Rick Thomas. Thank you so much for joining me. This is episode number 154. A lady wrote into our forum and she asked, Rick, why do you use the word psychology? Well, I want to answer that in this podcast. It's a great question, a good question, and her question actually was a lot longer than that, and I'm going to share her slightly edited question with you so you can get the full depth and scope of what she was asking and why she was asking. I use the word psychology, and I want to walk through it because this is a question that's important to every Christian, we need to understand, and I hope that this helps you. Now, if you need more clarification or if you would like to discuss it further, well, you can do that. We have a free community forum where you can jump on with your username and password, and you can ask any kind of question that's on your mind if it's pertaining to life and godliness specifically, because we deal with sanctification issues and we want to serve you. And that's why we have this free forum, so you can do that. I had a gentleman right on the forum just yesterday, and he was talking about someone, and he used the word struggler. He said, I'm going to call him struggler. Now, the reason I point that out to you is because he did what I have said many times. You can flatten out your post. Flatten it out is by making it neutral, as in not pointing to anyone specifically, flatten it out. So he used the word struggler a lot like I use my friends Biff and Mabel. And so remember that when you get on our forums, you don't have to be person specific or church specific. We don't need those details. Those details aren't important. What's important is the real issue at hand. And so if you flatten it out, that would be fantastic. And we would love to serve you. For those of you who do support our ministry, thank you very much. We have a private forum for you where you can talk directly to me and my team. And so go to the private forum and ask your question there, and that would be fantastic. All right, let's get into this. Episode 154, Rick, why do you use the word psychology? I have other links here, also a short video, and so if you want to read more, do more, watch more, you're welcome to do that. Go to these show notes for episode 154, and you can read everything that I'm going to share with you, plus things that are embedded within these show notes. Let me share with you her question so you can get that uh, full depth and scope of what she's asking. She said, during a few of your podcasts, as well as on your free counseling training introduction. She's talking about my Introduction to Biblical Counseling course that I am doing right now for 10 weeks. I'm doing 10 separate lessons, chronological or sequential lessons. And if you haven't registered for that training, I would encourage you to do so. 10 one-hour teachings on uh, this idea of biblical counseling. And so she says, as she's listened to some of my podcasts and also watching the free counseling training introduction, I noticed you use the same language. I have a master's in counseling psychology, and what I do know is psychology is a humanistic approach with many different modalities that lead people away from Christ. Now, there's a lot that I like about what she's saying here. I like everything that she's saying, actually, but what we have here is a person who is well-trained in secular psychology, and she has come to that place in her life where she realizes that 
is it's a cistern that doesn't hold water, to uh, paraphrase uh, Jeremiah. And it's really encouraging that people who do receive training, and because and the reason I say that is because I, I do have parents that come to me with children that are graduating high school, going into college, or young people come to me and say, hey, I'm thinking about getting a, a degree in psychology. And I try to be careful when I talk to them, but I know that if they really love God and love His Word, they're it's not going to be fulfilling because I've had a number of people who come to me who have come to me at age 40, let's say, and they have been in the field for a long time, and they realize exactly what this lady is saying. It's a humanistic approach with many different modalities that lead people away from Christ, and it's almost like you're you're living in this constant constant tension of a duality where you know what God's Word says, and you know God's Word is able to help you, but you're in a field that you can't say anything about God's Word, and you have to teach them secular ideas and principles and concepts. You're basically gagged, and that's going to become even more worse as we move along in our culture because of the growing hostility, ever-increasing hostility toward God's Word. But I like what she's saying here because it's true, and that has been my experience Psychology is a human, secular psychology that is, is a humanistic approach with many different modalities. She went on to say, you mentioned in your training course where you have broken up the word psychology, psyche meaning soul and logos meaning the word of God. You also stated that the Bible is the first psychology book. Now she puts question marks to both of those statements that she just made. I have a problem with this terminology as I find it confusing. Psychology is humanistic and is not of God. The Bible is the Word of God. It is complete, perfect. It is God's truth and our guide of how we are to live our lives. It is not, capital N-O-T, a psychology book and never will be. She goes on, psychology books are man's own beliefs and thoughts. The Word, the Bible, is from the one and only Creator. The Bible is the Word. His Word was here from the beginning. His Word is pure pure, pure, and refined. God's Word does not need any help, and we are never to add to or take away from the Word. I am writing you this, not to point a finger, but to get a fuller understanding of your stance when it comes to psychology versus the Bible. Now, this is what I really appreciate about what she's saying. She's stating her position, what she believes, what she has experienced, which I appreciate. But she's asking a question. And so often in our ready, fire, aim culture, we have people that just blow through and make statements and don't ask for a fuller understanding to use her words. I want a fuller understanding of your stance when it comes to psychology versus the Bible. Please help me to understand where mixing the word psychology and the true word of God is okay. Sounds like offering strange fire. Leviticus, Leviticus 10. We as Christians must be cautious at our choice of words as we are held accountable for our actions. I look forward to your reply. This is a fantastic commentary and, a wonderful, and some wonderful questions that she is embedded here. And that's what I want to deal with. If you want to read what she said... And if you want to read what I'm going to say, go to episode 154. Rick, why do you use the word psychology is the title of it. Let's jump right into it. I said, here's my response to her. By the way, I gave this response on our forum. 
And so I wrote her a long-form answer, and the reason it was so good, what she's asking, I wanted to put it in a podcast. So I'm repurposing basically what I wrote on the forum because I wanted more people who may not be on our forums, may not see this. I know that our podcast reaches thousands more people than the folks who perhaps are subscribed to the different forums that we have. And so I said to her, this question is excellent. Thank you for asking it. And then I explained to her that I'm giving her an extended answer because I do want to put this in a podcast. I say, I wholeheartedly agree with you that secular psychology is problematic in more ways than I can describe fully in a post. Now, what I do with the word psychology, what she didn't do in, in her question, she used the word psychology, just that word. When I use the word psychology, I give it a descriptor. And that's why I say I wholeheartedly agree with you that secular psychology is problematic because secular psychology is different from biblical psychology. There's no way you can take the word psychology, and that would be problematic if if you said that that psychology only has one meaning, this is the only meaning that it can have, you can't do that with words. And that's why when I use the word psychology, I will caveat what I mean by that because it has many meanings like most words do. And so I say I wholeheartedly agree with you that secular psychology is problematic in more ways than I can fully Describe, but I don't think that I need to describe any of those ways to her because she has experienced many of them, and I have most definitely seen the detrimental impact of secular psychology on the Christian church, the individual Christian, the Christian family. It is horrendous. It is a horrific doctrine that is propagated, and I don't struggle so much with our culture creating secular psychology because what are they going to do? They reject God, and so they have to come up with something. As I have said before, they're not going to sit in the corner of the room with a dunce cap on and say that I don't know, and so they have to create something, and that's why we have evolution. They rejected God's Word. They reject creationism, and so they come up with evolution. I get it. If I was an unbeliever, and I was once upon a time, I would do the same thing, and I would imbibe upon the same things. And so I don't fault the secularists for creating this teaching called secular psychology, but where I really struggle is the church has embraced it, and that is so troubling to my soul, and it's one of the primary reasons that this ministry exists. The bottom line for me is that I do not subscribe to secular psychology. And I intentionally, not just not subscribing, but I intentionally try to move folks away from it skillfully with wisdom. And I do want to be careful because when you start moving a Christian away from secular psychology, It can blow back on you because it's an emotional issue for people who adhere to the DSM-5, even though they probably, many of them have probably never heard that acronym or of that book, the DSM-5, which is the Secular Psychologist Bible. 
but they adhere to so much that's in it. And that's why when you move, uh, when you try to move a person away from secular psychology, you want to do it skillfully with wisdom, not with a hatchet or a chainsaw. Unfortunately, many biblical counselors do that in their arrogance and lack of compassion. They just go at it and and put the axe to the root, but it is a soul that they're putting the axe to, and that is unfortunate. Of course, there is the question about whether or not we can learn anything from our culture, and of course we can. We learn stuff from our culture all the time, educationally, academically, whether it's psychology or whether it's some other thing. I mean, common grace implies that we can learn things from the pagan culture. We couldn't exist in this world if we couldn't learn from pagans. But here's the key. Whatever those things are in whatever discipline we may be talking about, those things do not, cannot refute or contradict God's word. And when they begin to contradict or refute God's word, whatever they have, it needs to be, you need to run from it. Now, for me, for the record, I have a sufficiency of Scripture perspective, and I do not deviate and I do not apologize on this issue. In my introduction to biblical counseling series, I address this problem, webinar three specifically. Now, I will be teaching this webinar again uh, on September Tuesday, September the 17th, 2018. Most people are going to listen to this podcast after Tuesday, September the 17th. But that webinar at that point will be archived and be on our website. And it's Webinar 3, Introduction to Biblical Counseling. The word psychology in a vacuum is a good word. In a vacuum. There is nothing wrong with it. Truthfully, it is a Bible word. You see, before there was secular psychology, which would be really the early 1900s when Freud and Jung came over to America. Now, they, there were many others, but came over, and, and that was really the beginning the late 1800s, the early 1900s, is when secular psychology, the foothold begun at that point. But psychology has always ex- existed because it's, it's of Greek roots. But, of course, we don't live in a vacuum. As I said, the word psychology in a vacuum is a good word, but we don't live in a vacuum, and words are not neutral. In fact, in webinar number one, Introduction to Biblical Counseling, I talk about presuppositional truth. And when you think about the word psychology, as a lot of other words and things that you think about, you have to think about presuppositional truth. Words are not neutral, and you read that in her question and her commentary. It's not neutral to her. It's actually visceral It is problematic. You see, everyone brings their presupposition to their words, and from those presuppositions come their interpretations. And so you can tell that my friend here has a strong interpretation of the word psychology based on her presupposition. Let me illustrate this idea of presupposition. Let's say that you and I are standing at a plate glass window in your living room or my living room, and we're looking through the window, and we're looking at the word psychology. 
Now, when she looks at the word psychology through the window, through her filter, through her presupposition, she sees all kinds of problems, heresy, inferior teaching, dangerous applications. If I were looking at that word psychology with her presuppositions, with her experience, I would see similar things. Inferior teaching, problems, heresy, danger. And that's why I agree with her. If I was looking with her presuppositions, her points are not arguable. But I'm not looking at the word with her presuppositions. I'm looking at the word through a Bible filter. The glass window through which I am looking through is not steeped or tainted with secular psychology. It is a Bible filter. And when I do that, I see something entirely different. Now, this is not an odd teaching. Let me give you a few other good or bad words depending on your presupposition. I'm going to list for you seven or eight words. All of these words are good, or all of these words are bad, depending on the window that you're looking through. The word Bible, for example, that's a good and a bad word. Are we talking about the Christian Bible? If we're talking about the Christian Bible, that's a good word. If we're talking about the Mormon Bible, it's a bad word. That's why I don't use the word psychology in a vacuum, isolated, without describing it. Bible, in a word, can be good or bad, depending on what comes before it. Christian Bible or Mormon Bible. All right, so there's a good or a bad word, the Bible. Here's another one, Christian. That's a good word or a bad word, depending on the glass through which you are looking. Are we talking about biblical counseling? When we say Christian counseling, well, that's a great word, Christian. Or are we talking about integrated counseling when we talk about Christian counseling? You see, some people will interpret Christian counseling as integrated. I don't, but some do. And, and so, therefore, when you talk about Christian counseling, they see that as a bad word. But Christian counseling is a good word, depending on your window. How about the word theology? Theology is a great word. If it's Christian theology, but if you put other religions in front of it, Muslim theology, that's a bad word. The word faith, faith is a great word. Faith in God. What about faith in yourself? Now, if you want to read more about that, there's a link here where, you, where I talk about in detail about the difference between faith in God and faith in yourself. Here are two more words together. Father God. Father God could bring security to a lot of people. When they think of Father God, warmth comes over them, and they feel secure. Because, see, these words are not neutral. These words are uploaded with an interpretation, a presupposition. Some people think about Father God, and they're terrified. The word fundamentalist. Fundamentalist is what Christians believe. I'm talking about the fundamentals of the faith, the basic teachings of the Christian faith. Fundamentalist is a good word, but then fundamentalist is also a horrific word as well, depending on the window. And thus we come to the word psychology. Are we talking about God's word? I am. Or are we talking about the secular world? She is. 
Therefore, words are not neutral, which, why, which is why it's important that I have this podcast, and it's why it's important that we explain ourselves. The problem is not about any of the words that I just read to you in a vacuum, but an individual's presupposition that gives interpretations to these words, that can be a problem. Now, as far as the word psychology, it literally means, as she said, the study of the soul. And the only correct presupposition for studying the soul comes right from Genesis 2-7 and 2 Timothy 3-16. The word psychology is a study of a person's soul. So the question begin, but, uh, the question is... <laughs> Who is going to be the authority in studying the soul, in doing psychology? Is it going to be the DSM 1, 2, 3, 4, now 5, or is it going to be the Word of God? I'm an inherent to a sufficiency of scriptural perspective, and so the only means to do true psychology is from the Bible, because God is the author of the soul, Genesis 2, 7. God breathed into man, and man became a living soul. God authored the soul, and then in 2 Timothy 3.16, God breathed again, and he gave us his word. And so what we have, psyche logos, the word concerning the soul, the study of the soul. That is exactly what the word means, and from my view, there's only one way to study psychology, study the soul, and that is through God's Word. God is the author of the soul. He's the author of the Word concerning the soul. If you want to read more about that, I have some information here, uh, some other articles that you can read, and I think it would be helpful for you. I also have an article here on my perspective of secular psychology as I refute the teaching or part of the teaching of Alfred Adler in my article, All Psychologies Bow at the Foot of the Word of God. I'm not going to put that, I'm not going to share that information with you, but you are welcome to read that information if, if you want to. But my bottom line here is that we have the perfect psychology book because it contains God's words. But the question remains, why do I use that word? Even though the word psychology predates secular psychology, even though it has Greek origin, even though it's a beautiful word, why do I still use it? Because it's been hijacked by our culture and uploaded with their nonsense. Well, there are several reasons. For example, it's the right word. Psychology is the right word when interpreted and defined biblically. We have a lot of words like this. Theology, theos lagos, the study of God or the doctrine of God. Bibliology, the study of the Bible. Christology, the doctrine of Christ. Anthropology the doctrine of humanity. They teach these things in seminaries all over the world. Are there other people teaching theology, anthropology? Well, of course they are. And they're teaching from an unbiblical perspective. Should we throw away the word theology, the word anthropology? How about soteriology? That's the doctrine of salvation. Harmardiology, the doctrine of sin. 
ecclesiology, the doctrine of the church, eschatology, the doctrine of end times, psychology, the doctrine of the soul. It fits right in, in the corpus of what we learn and need to learn as as students of God's Word. We need to learn biblical psychology. Christians need to know that the Bible has perfect psychology. And rather than turning to heretical modalities, heretical psychologies for soul problems, Christians need God's Word. I only use this word in in certain ways, and I rarely, I will rarely ever use this word without explaining it because of the problem that's presented here by the lady who's asking the question. Therefore, if you see the word psychology anywhere on our website, I haven't fact-checked this, but I would imagine in most every case the context of it would point to originating in God's Word because I realize the Word has so many interpretations, but there's so much of our words today that have other interpretations, but with this one, I do want to be clear, but I'm not ready, I'm not willing at this point to give up on some words that first belong to us, but have later, were later hijacked by the culture and paganized, which is what has happened to the word psychology. Now, I'm not party to taking bad words like hedonism and making them good because that's unnecessary confusion. I don't call evil good, and I don't think that's wise, and I don't think it's helpful. But if the word is legitimately good, biblically founded or derived from the Bible, I'm not willing to make it bad. At least I'm not, not yet with the word psychology. And so the question is, episode 154, Rick, why do you use the word psychology? Because like all of the other Lagos words that we use the study of, this word is an important word because we need to be smarter. We need to be wiser. We need to be better students of God's word. We need to be more precise in our theology And then the application of theology is into our souls, our psychology. We just need to be smarter. We need to be better students of God's Word. And God offers us the greatest tool that we could ever receive, which is His Bible. And that's why I call it a psychology book. Jesus was the greatest psychologist Whoever lived. No one knew more about the soul. No one was more effective at bringing the word to bear on the soul. Again, that's what the word psychology means. I don't define the word, I didn't give it its definition. It's just what it is. But the argument is who is the one who is to determine the source of the tool that we're going to use? And that's why I take the sufficiency of Scripture view. If we're going to have a word concerning the soul or the study of the soul, which we do have, and everybody has a a position on that, and I definitely have one, and the word concerning the soul 
is God's word. And as I stated in one of my articles, all psychologies bow at the foot of the Bible. And I hope that I continue to grow in my mastery of the Bible. More importantly, I hope the Bible continues to have greater and greater mastery over me. It was God's word that I was introduced to in 1984. And I I could say like James, I was staring in the mirror. I had read a lot of the secular psychology books and self-help treatments and all of that kind of stuff. And it left me empty. And I agree, as this lady is saying, the secular psychology approach is humanistic. It is void of truth, and it leads you farther away from Christ. And mercifully, somebody told me about Jesus, and I came to him. He regenerated me. I went into his soul book, and my soul found repair. God began to transform me. Through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, working in my soul, using God's word as the instrument of change, I began to transform the greatest psychology book ever written. I really don't think the others are psychology books, but that's what they want to call them. But we have the true one. Episode 154. The title of it is, Rick, why do you use the word psychology? I hope that's helpful, and if you want to continue to interact with me about this podcast, I want to do that. Come to our website, ask your question. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.